1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Reineke and George Bremer here with you. If you like what you hear, if we can keep you entertained and at least get you through another Colts loss. Well, hell. And I think we can get you through anything. So make sure you're downloading and subscribing for the rest of the season to the Blue Horseshoe Pots. So you get a notification any anytime, uh, anytime a new episode, I should say, is dropped here three times a week on the Blue Horseshoe Pots. So and make sure you are downloading and staying in tune with everything going on in Colts' world. So, George, one of the areas we saw take a dramatic uptick last week when Jeff Satter was first hired was the offensive line and the run game. They ran for over 200 yards against the Raiders. And all this week coming into this game, we were talking about – is this actually the way the Colts, like, can this offensive line, did it turn around? Or is it just a product of playing a really, really bad defense in the Raiders? And we said this is going to be a game where we'll find out kind of where the Colts are. And after the first drive, I'll be honest, like, oh, wow, this Colts team, this this offensive line is back. You had Jonathan Taylor rush for uh, seven times for 49 yards. They kind of bullied the Eagles right down the field. You score a touchdown. Oh, my God, the offense line's fixed. And then end of the game, George, we're sitting here as Jonathan Taylor did run the rest of the game 15 times for 35 yards. So I think it's safe to say what we saw on the first drive, what we saw mostly last week in the desert out there against the Raiders. Not really sustainable, not really who this Colts offensive line is. There wasn't some magic trick that happened and transformed all five offensive linemen to these great guys from you know one week to the next.
1: I will say, I think, you know, we said there'd be no asterisks this week, but I think there is in this sense in that I think Philadelphia knew they knew coming in, they had a whole week, you know, they just got beat by Washington because they couldn't stop the run. Although, you know, Washington stuck with it a little bit more. They were only averaging three yards of carry, but they just kept running the ball. They kept milking the clock and they just stayed with it. Uh, The Colts got away from it at times. I think today when it, when it wasn't going as well. But I think that's the thing. You, you gave the Eagles, a team that's now 9-1, and one, that, that's probably the best team in the NFC, might be the best team in the NFL, a week to prepare to stop the run. They knew what they had to do. And I, I'm not surprised that they came in and looked good doing that. That's why I think there's an asterisk this week uh, because you took a team uh, that absolutely had to get a win. The Eagles couldn't lose two in a row. That would have been disastrous for them. A- and told them, hey, do this one thing and you'll win on Sunday. And I'm not surprised they did it. You know I mean? I'm not surprised they found a way to, to get that together. And again, like we talked about before, and I think Ryan Kelly mentioned it in the post game. Jonathan Gannon knows this team's calls. He knows a lot of this personnel, the defense coordinator for the Eagles. He was here for three years. He knows what the Colts want to do on offense. He knows how they run the football. And I think the Eagles took advantage of that. You know, they know what this run game looks like. It, it took them a, a drive, obviously, to get that together. But after that opening drive, I think they understood. So... Even, you know, last week we were talking about, is it this good? And, and we'll find out and we'll look at it. I think this week, too, you have to kind of go the other way and say, well, you know, is some of this the fact that the Eagles are a really good football team, that they had some insider information and that they were able to stop the one thing they knew they had to stop?
0: Let me know if you think I'm crazy or not. But, like, when you look at, like, Lisa Fossett, it's a right for 99 yards on 26 carries, so 3.8 yards per carry. Again, that's not very good, especially for this offensive line and Jonathan Taylor and what we've seen uh, from this team. And, again, you had Jonathan Taylor finish with 84 yards, but, again, 49 of those came in the first drive. So he was averaging 2.3 yards per carry on carries after the first drive, which is horrendous. I will say, I did feel like there was still a little bit more improvement. I did feel... The run game was not as helpless as we've seen at times so far early this season. And again, I know maybe it's tough and it's kind of weird to say it's almost like a blessing and a curse for how good the run game was last week because Jeff Satter comes in 207 rushing yards. It's like, oh my God, this is fixed. But it's almost like, okay, you, you sure. And it, maybe it's a little bit improved, but it's also not as good as you appear. So now expectations start to rise higher. And I will be honest. I did think the Colts run game is going to be uh, better than it was uh, so far we saw on Sunday. But I still feel like there's still some areas of improvement, and when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, if you can have Jeff Saturday hit these last six games, just continue to get them. You know, as Frank Reich used to say, to steal his phrase, "one better each day and each week." I still think that's a still think that's a win. So even though the stats don't really bear it out, George, do you see? Like, did you feel any improvement today, or let's say a step forward, despite what the stats say? And again, despite after the opening drive, not really having a lot of success.
1: I mean, the opening drive was a real step forward. Um, but, you know, I, I think they still were having trouble running the ball and they want uh, an improvement for me. A step forward would have been scoring from the five. You know, that that's a situation where last year's line would have opened up a hole and Jonathan Taylor would have slipped through there. And and again, that drive and the one where you get the ball at the 22, those are Jonathan Taylor drives. You give him the ball and he pounds it up in there and, and you score a touchdown when the Colts are going well. That's what they do. Uh, they weren't able to do that today. And I think that's going to tell the story the rest of the year. You know, if they're able to do the run the ball in those situations the rest of the year, they're going to win more games than they lose. If it's like it was today, it's probably going to depend on, on the quality of the opponent, how that, that's going to turn out.
0: They I will say the offensive line, maybe again, I'm just kind of more leaning on the first drive still. But at least for the, the especially to the start the game, they did look more energized. They did look like they had some life that I feel like, again, at times we didn't see. You especially mentioned it a lot. I think you're right. Like kind of that negative cycle of thinking where it's just like negative, negative, negative. Any single time they try to dig out, whether it's pass protection, whether it's run blocking, whether it's penalties, like they've always kind of failed. And they're kind of like it feels like almost waiting for the next shoe to drop if a play or two does go right. It did feel like especially early on in the game. This Colts offensive line did come out firing, did come out energized. Like, I know there was one play, I believe it was maybe the, either late in the first quarter or early the second quarter, like Quentin uh, John Taylor got shoved out of bounds, started going back and forth with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Quentin Nelson kind of gets in there and kind of starts, like, defending his guy. Like, I feel like we didn't see a lot of that or, or maybe as much early in the season. And, look, maybe I'm just kind of grasping at Strauss here for anything, to be honest, anything positive because I'm just an eternal optimist. But even though the stats did not bear it out, I think there was – some improvement now, again, it's tough because the Eagles are a good team but their offensive uh, linemen is banged up. So I think you could argue you should have more success than you did. And also too, the pass protections like a step back where you have four mm-hmm. sacks uh, allowed eight quarterback hits. It's another thing where, you know, again, we kind of talk about the, the same story or different kind of maybe theme or different story, but overall, the theme remaining the same. Pass protection, same thing where Matt Ryan's getting hit, getting hit a lot, especially later on in the game and just couldn't mm-hmm. get anything going pass wise.
1: I say a lot of that came in the second half um yeah I, th- I think a lot of it with the run game too there were a couple good runs that got called back uh, one in particular i think was uh, it might have been that same drive you're talking about when nelson got in there i know they had like a a driver where, where uh, taylor kind of started backing up and got another two or three yards running backwards was kind of pushing the pile and then they, a flag came out and there was a hold, you know, I think was completely away from the play on the other side of the field. Uh, the kind of thing that Bernard Raymond has to understand, you, you can't do. Jeff Saturday kind of talked about that uh, in the post game. There was a situation where the defender kind of twisted away from him. And he's got to learn just to kind of push there and not try to go after him and grab because you get that hold. It wiped out a first down. It's another drive that ends up being a punt. I think little things like that build on each other. You know, maybe if you get that run, it keeps that mindset going. That hey, we're we're moving the ball, we're doing a good job with that today. Instead, you get stuffed, you go back and you punt, and, and it's the defense that gets that boost instead of the offense. You know, I, I think there was a lot of that today, uh, those self-inflicted wounds, and again, a lot of it from the young guys, the, the rookie left tackle and the second-year right guard. Uh, and I think you're gonna have to live with that right now because you've seen that there's not really a lot of better options out there. Uh, so you're just kind of they're learning on the job and and you end up with situations like that i think you know for the most part from the last 2 weeks the offensive line can finally take something positive you had the whole game in in vegas and then that opening drive today to show them that it's still there you know they can still do it uh you just now can you build on that going forward i think that's the difference in the first 9 weeks you really didn't have that stretch that you could point to and say well if we do it like this things will be okay they have that now. They did it for an entire game in, in Vegas. They did it for an opening drive now. As you start preparing for the Monday night game against the Steelers, you can look at that tape and try to replicate it.
0: And I really hope, too, George, whether you know you keep Bernard Ryman at left tackle, you keep Will Fries at right guard the rest of the season. That's another thing, too. Like I think at this point, you got to figure out your five and let them try to figure it out the next six games here. Because, again, I know every single player and coach is there to win. So you're not viewing it as just like, oh, development and, and, hey, kind of the results don't matter. Like you are trying to win. But also with that said, I think for your own benefit here, even if you are trying to win, fine. But at least keep uh, – like allow Bernard Roman and left tackle to mix, like, make some mistakes but also learn from them. Will Fryce had a really rough game after a really good game in Vegas last week. Allow him to learn from him. Like don't pull the plug on him like kind of the Colts have done on offensive line basically all season long where it's been a turnstile of different – starting five for like a game or two, then another change is made, then another change is made. Like – at this point, I would want to see those five guys we saw these last two weeks run them out the rest of the season and see if you could see growth. See if you could see some sort of a building block here. Because I, what I don't think is going to be the answer, George, is more mixing and matching here in the next few weeks. We've talked about it a lot. Nothing is, again, nothing's changed. It's the, the Colts, to their credit, they've tried. They've tried to fix things by, by making a million different changes with personnel, with, with coaching, with, with, even sometimes with scheme. Nothing's really worked. So at least now try to build some continuity going forward. And if at the end of the year, Will Fry shows you he can't be a starting right guard, or Brown Ryman shows you uh, maybe the left is not his position going forward, okay, fine. But at least you know that. At least you know that. And the only way you're going to know that here the last six games is by playing them down the stretch and allowing them to figure it out themselves, either good or bad. That's really my, my hope when it comes to the line. Like, pl- there was rough games for both of the young players, but keep them in to let them figure it out. Instead of going to Dennis Kelly... Or Matt Pryor, that are really stop gaps now, but you know only short term fixes. They're no, they're not going to be in the long term plans for two or three years.
1: Yeah, I mean Jeff already said that's the plan in the post game. We'll see if they stick to it. Uh, they've said a lot of things this year and then not well, actually no, stuck to it. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. But you know, he did say in the post game that the plan was to keep Fries at right guard and in Raymond at left at left tackle. And I think him being a former offensive lineman, I think he understands how important you know. The, the chemistry on the line is how important it is to have five guys who play well together and so i think they're going to try to stick with that and again you know you try to go out there next week pittsburgh's a good defense uh they're very similar to the colts in, in denver honestly a good defense yeah. with an offense that just can't uh really get out of its own way at times so uh, i think it'll be another grind it out you know kind of game on on monday night against the steelers and i think the colts have got to show that that you know they can they can start pulling those games out because that's the thing the formula for this team I think we've learned anything over eleven weeks the formula for this team is get pull the game down into the mud get it into this grind it out kind of a situation and then you know either the defense gets a stop late and you win or Matt Ryan gets a drive late and you win and you know like I said they're four four and one doing that this year uh in in those one score games so but I think that's their that's kind of the blueprint for them and I think Pittsburgh has the same blueprint. So I think you're going to have another chance next week to show it. I think the frustrating thing uh, for everybody in that locker room is that 11 weeks in, you're still talking about the same, same errors. It's still, if we just clean these things up, then, you know, we'll win these games and obviously that's not good enough. Um, We'll see where it all leads. You know, right now, it it seems like a lost season. I think everybody kind of feels that way. Uh, And, I think today kind of hammered that home again.
0: Yeah. Uh, lost. season for sure. Absolutely. For sure here. That's, Oh geez. It's beyond infuriating. And a, a quick previous issue brought the Steelers take the under next week. That's for sure. I don't know what the number is going to be, what Vegas is going to put it out, but whatever that number is, Steelers Colts, good defense, horrendous offense. Take the under. That is for sure. Let's quickly hear George, before we talk about the defense, let's talk about Jeff Saturday here. I Made mean, his home debut second game, and look, I honestly think for the second game in a row, like, not that he outcoached uh, Nick Siani, but again, I think he he was not the reason, obviously, the Colts lost, which is number one for you talking about a guy who's making his second, you know, head coaching uh, or second game ever as head coach uh, a win. But I mean, you look at out of this game, I feel like even though they won, Nick Siani made way more questionable calls and put his team in a worse position than, than Jeff Saturday, which, look, at least for all the questions that we had about it. I think it's so far through two games uh, with a one on one record. That's it's pretty good so far, I would say.
1: Yeah, he's been fine. You know, I think they haven't had lineup problems. They haven't had like really. I think there was one situation where they called timeout today. Because he didn't get a play in in time, but that happens. It's not been an epidemic. It's not been something that happens, you know, four or five, six times in the, in the game. Uh, you haven't really seen them having substitution problems. Any of the things that you might expect to happen with, with a coach who's inexperienced, they haven't had to deal with any of that. And I think that's a credit not just to Jeff Saturday, but to all the assistants on this staff who have really kind of banded together. You know, they could have kind of thrown in the towel on this season, too. Uh, we talked about how the players kind of stepped forward and said, you know, we're not going to let this happen. I think the, the coaching staff deserves that that same kind of credit, you know, for sticking with it, uh, and and you see it. You know, the guys are still playing hard for them. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything from that standpoint. Uh, but, again, I never thought the head coach was the problem, and it, I think that's been shown. It's the same, same issues that they've had all year long uh, that are sinking this team, and, and they're either going to get fixed or they're not. At 11 weeks into the season, I think I put the money on not. Getting fixed.
0: Oh, same. Yeah, I, that's a safe bet at this point. If we're sitting here talking about again the same issues, 11 games in, and they're still not getting fixed, I don't see a real solution. And like you said, the last six games, that all of a sudden magically it's going to turn around and all their woes have been cured for sure. To the coaching staff's credit Parks Frazier's credit. Look, the two-minute drill end of the first half it was crisp. They got they were able to get a field goal again. That's an area where first-time play caller, a lot still, you know, a lot of moving pieces. You think maybe that's an area that would suffer. I know someone's in Jeff Saturday's ear, like kind of helping him with game management. So I don't know how much that is is them compared to Jeff Saturday. But I like that end of the game, calling timeouts once the Eagles got to first and goal, preserving the clock, giving your offense a chance to win the game, which the Colts had 120 and one timeout. It's plenty of time going to that field needing a field goal. So at least credit to Jeff Saturday there for giving his offense enough time. Obviously, we know they couldn't come through, but at least gave him an opportunity. By having some good clock management there to to be able to uh, have a chance to go win the game potentially, I just got to throw this out there really quick because it does bother me and I still don't get it here. A few a uh, few minutes after the game, coming out of the two minute warning, George Eagle in the fourth quarter, uh, fourth and two, Nick Sirianni comes out in a quarterback sneak formation, tries to have the Colts jump off sides and then burns one of his two timeouts remaining. I know we're not an Eagles pod. What the hell is he doing? Like that, that still bothers me to this day, this moment, because that was so stupid. Where you needed your timeouts, where if you got stuff, you still had a chance to kind of get the ball back with some time. And you blow one timeout out of the two minute warnings, trying to get the Colts jumped offsides when it's fourth and two and you're in a quarterback sneak. No one really actually thinks, even though for how good they've been at a quarterback sneaking team, you're actually going to run that play. That was, I don't get it. I don't know if you had a different perspective on it. That was so stupid
1: i was a waste of play and they were trying to steal a first down there uh and the colts obviously didn't bite and i don't think there was much chance of the colts abiding on that if they had come out and done that for uh, just a couple of seconds and then shifted into another play I, I would understand it i have no clue why why you let the clock run down and, and really they stopped even trying to pull them off sides the last five or ten seconds of that play clock standing so, around you know. But it's one of those things where, again, the Colts aren't able to take advantage. I think that there were so many times in this game they got a fourth down stop at midfield. The Eagles went for it on fourth and ten, which shows a real lack of respect of, of this Colts offense. And it was justified because the, yep. the Colts get the stop and the offense did nothing with the ball after, you know, on, on the next possession. So, um, yeah, I think there was this situation that it felt like. Nick Sirianni didn't have a whole lot of respect for the discipline of this football team. That's the only reason I think you would go out and, and try uh, that play in, in that situation and burn a timeout. And it, honestly, he got rewarded because every time he disrespected this team, they ended up, you know, he converted that fourth down and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that play. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still, I, I feel like you've got a playoff defense on this Indianapolis team and you've got an offense that probably gets you the top ten draft pick. So, the, those two things meet in the middle, and in your four six and one.
0: And you are right, a team that's stuck in the middle. You're not good enough to tank at a, a quarterback like Bryce Young, and you're not good enough, or you're not bad enough to tank, I should say, get a quarterback, and you're not good enough to make the playoffs. And like you said, they're stuck in the middle. Worst place to be right now in the NFL. Let's, though, George, we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod to wrap up here. We got to show the defense some respect. They put a great game. And if you are bl- coming out of this game trying to blame the defense, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. I got no time for it because that's absolutely not the case. We'll get into the Colts' tremendous game on defense when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.